Hi guys, welcome to the second episode of season two. And today we're going to be talking about um, transitioning into parenthood. And I have three amazing ladies here. I have Nike, I have Okwemi, and Kemi. And I'm just going to be, you know, asking them about their own experiences and allowing them just share things that they've learned and challenges that they've they've had to go through during their own journey into motherhood. And so basically, I'll let um, Nike introduce herself, then Okoyemi, and then Kemi. All right, Nike. Hello. Um, my name is Nike, um, and I'm a mother of one. Hallelujah. You're Thanks. welcome to the show, Nike. <laughs> All right, Kemi. My name is Oluwa Kemi, and I'm your mother of one. Yeah. Okay. All right, thank you. How about Okoyemi? Hi, my name is Okoyemi. I'm a mother of a 10 month old going on 11. <laughs> yeah. And I'm also a medical doctor. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. I'm really happy to have you guys here. Okay. So basically, the reason why I actually even wanted us to have this conversation is because I know that like having a baby is such a big deal and it literally changes your life from what I see, even from the external. But let's start from the simple things to the more complex situations. The first question I actually have is um, about, you know, what the moment was like for you when you found out you were pregnant and what, what that <laughs> one thing that changed from that moment. Let me start with Kemi. Okay. When I found out I was pregnant, it was quite exciting. I was nervous because... Um, I had a previous miscarriage, so there's always this thought at the back of your mind that I hope it won't happen again. So mm. it was a kind of mixed feelings, and it went on for like throughout the first trimester, considering the fact that I also had um, hyperemesis. I think we talked about it, Shewa. So mm. it was exciting. I wanted to be pregnant. I was happy. I was, you know really excited but there was always that anxiety and it took me a lot to like calm myself down yeah and mm. thank god i was able to calm myself down and you know focus on the positive things eventually thank you thank you for being vulnerable about that answer um kemi um how about okay so how did i find out i was pregnant actually it was on a sunday we just got back from church. We have this thing after church. Um, we used to go to Avestas, so they sell small chops. So small chops was our thing. That was, we had to get small chops. And then I popped the puff puff in my mouth. And then the next day I was like, what's that smell? Like, as in, and then I was like, Mm-mm. I was like, can we stop by and buy something? And I got down and I bought a pregnancy kit. And then we were pregnant and I was ecstatic, excited. It was like my husband said, you think I've been looking for a child for five years. My my reaction to my pregnancy and stuff and we're here. Okay, and then I feel like all um I think Kemitsu also missed that part of the question, which was like one major thing that also changed from you from um changed um from that moment. So tell us what was that one thing that also changed? And Kemi, if you also want to still answer. Okay. Okay, I think, like, my whole life changed because I had to, like, restructure, like, replan everything. Like, do you get, like, like there's a baby in the picture now, so I had to start planning. It wasn't just about me, like, as in, I had I had exams coming up then, and I, it was a dual, like, a pass or pass affair. Like, because I knew that once baby comes, it's almost impossible to 
not like it's almost impossible, but obviously it'll be more stressful and stuff. And mm-hmm. and back then I didn't even know that COVID was going to happen. Do you get mm-hmm. so you just imagine like yeah, and COVID has made the whole motherhood experience. It's been awesome, but as in, if there was no COVID in the picture, I think each of us would have had more help. I don't know about you guys, but mm-hmm. do you get yeah, but it's been notwithstanding, it's been an amazing journey, but it could have been easier without COVID and all that. But yeah. Okay. How about Kemi? Do you want okay. to? Do you so, want to so for me, what changed was um, there was like a switch in my. There was like a switch. I switched into like um, sacrifice mode. I had to. <laughs> I had to leave work because one, I was dealing with hyperemesis. I was yeah. supposed to start, um, you know, looking into my nursing program. Mm. You know, like we discussed. But now it was like, oh, that had to wait. Um, then I was thinking, okay, maybe I will still be able to function and work and all that. But when the whole thing happened, I was throwing up, I couldn't fu- function. Then with my anxiety, based on the first um, miscarriage, I just yeah. went into that like mode, like nothing must go wrong with this pregnancy. I have to do everything in my power, it physically, while you know, praying to God and yeah, I have to make mm. sure that I'm LD. I have to make sure I'm not pushing myself, which was very difficult for me because naturally I'm someone who likes to have control over things, especially my finance. I yeah. in as much as yeah, I'm married to my husband, I still believe that I still need to have my own money and also it was kind of tough having to leave work you know just to not earn money at that time but mm-hmm. i i wasn't thinking about that i just wanted to make sure that my baby was okay so mm-hmm. i think that was the switch for me yeah and actually before we go to nikki um i don't want to just pass by this um this thing that you shared the whole miscarriage experience i want you to maybe just say one or two things to somebody that one or two things to somebody that may be listening who has actually gone through maybe one or two or three miscarriages and maybe right now they are pregnant or they are still trying to get pregnant and you know, they all struggle. How were you able to get to a place of maybe Zen, of peace, of assurance, even in the midst of the glaring experiences that you had? Okay. Okay. So um, for me, I had to do a lot of personal, like, um, talking to myself um telling myself oh that was in the past it's a different thing now i Mm -hmm. had to do a lot of talking to some of the people i like you i know i we spoke about it you know Mm -hmm. i just made sure i surrounded myself with so much positive energy listen to messages Mm-hmm. into my husband because he's such a good listener and he always has the right things to say so i think right. for for if you are going through something like that which is very okay anxiety comes in you know different ways and this is me in uh a different country my family my support system right no one was here with me so i did a lot of um, phone calls video calls with my family with my friends, with my, mm-hmm. you know, spoke with my husband and just basically try to, every time I think about the worst case scenario, I just, mm-hmm. you know, double up on positivity, you know, getting the right messages across. And with time, everything settled down and I was, you know, fine again. Yeah, that's, that's it. 
Okay, thank you. Thank you so much for that. Okay, Nika. Um, just like Opoyemi said, that smell, I think the smell was the first thing that gave it away. Like I entered the ward on, um, in the morning and then there was one smell and then I just knew like that, oh, this smell, like I'm so pregnant. Then I went to, <laughs> I, um, I did the test on my way home. And then I think what changed for me um, was the fact that I had to, um, there was just this um, thing at the back of my mind, like everything I do now, I have to, it has to be in the best interest of my baby. Like if I'm, if I want to eat something, am I sure like this will nourish my baby? If I want to, um, if I want to binge a movie overnight, I'm like, oh, I have to, I have to sleep well so that the baby can be fine. So I think that that's just like the focus was now, I, what I'm doing, is it going to benefit my baby? Yeah. Mm. Right. And then I felt, I don't know if I would say that I felt I was at that exact moment that if I was excited, I don't think so. I think I was just like numb. Like I wasn't expecting it. It wasn't supposed to come for another one year. But okay. I just, I think the initial moment I was numb, like, okay, then... Mm-hmm eventually the excitement came and then the oh my god i'm going to be a mother like i am barely i'm like i'm not sure i'm ready for this and all but initially i was numb okay and that's actually those are actually real realities you know (laughs) so the next question i'm gonna ask you guys is actually about um support during pregnancy i know that um most times the focus is usually postpartum support where you have your parents and whatever coming but during pregnancy i realized that there's there's not so much focus on support during pregnancy and i just want you to talk about maybe the gaps you observed um regarding the kind of support you would have appreciated while you were pregnant like what were maybe the expectations you had from your family from partner from your partner himself from you know your workplace what was that support that you felt that you could have gotten or even support that you got and that you want to share let me start with Okwe. to be honest i can't relate because i think i had more than enough support from everyone around me okay. my partner was because okay like the first trimester i wouldn't really say i had hyperemesis but i couldn't stand the smell of food or anything like you couldn't we couldn't cook in the house mm-hmm. like we can't just cook if you cook anything i can't eat it so like for like three months straight we couldn't cook i had my friend sending in food my my mom was sending food to us and stuff and when then my partner traveled left nigeria and then i had to stay with my my mom had to come stay with us with me for a while so i had like support and when my mom wasn't around my sister was around or my sister-in-law was around so i had a lot of support and at that time i wasn't working so there was no pressure from work or anything so i was just lounging and stuff so like i had enough support it was just that one thing that i found very annoying was nigerian doctors i'm a doctor but nigerian doctors are terrible (laughs) so i can remember when I went for my scan, my first scan, and I told them, because usually when I, when I go as a patient, I don't, I don't, I don't um, tell people I'm a doctor, because mm-hmm. yeah. I, I don't want you to start exactly. being on um, hyper mode and all that. So yeah. I just introduced myself as a basic person, like, do your, do your work. Mm-hmm. Do you get? Mm-hmm. So like, I just went there as Okwayemi, like, not as doctor. So now, and I already told them, please, I don't want to know the sex of my baby. Like, do you understand? <laughs> 
and all, I already said all that. I'm not interested in the sex of my baby and all. So now I now entered the room now. You want to scan me? The doctor could hear so high, could hear so anything. I was like, in my mind, like, what kind of terrible person are you? you so, and I went, I went there by myself that day. That was the second scan. I went there by myself that day. Mm-hmm. I was like, you didn't even make me feel comfortable or anything. If I was not a doctor, you didn't even tell me what to expect mm-hmm. or anything. <laughs> As in, the next thing, he just said, eh, Your baby is a girl. He said, girl. He's a girl. <laughs> I said, what is wrong with you people? Like, I said, <laughs> and I was just staring at the guy. I didn't, and the guy, he couldn't even read. He, he can't read my countenance. Like, can't say, relate because I don't, you don't get, they don't have issues like that. So they can't relate with what they don't know. Do you understand? <laughs> and I'm like, didn't you see like Bagada written on my side? I don't want to know my the sex of my baby, like as in so why are you what's wrong with you? And then the next thing, uh madam, uh, so who is the father? <laughs> 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 uh, as in, I'm like I said allow the guy finish and everything. I said like, chief, do you know I'm equally a doctor? And what you just did was act, actual bullshit. It's like ah, madam, eh, my my senior colleague. I said I'm not your senior colleague. Yeah, my senior colleague. Yeah, the consultant actually said like, no. You know, you know, talking. I was like God, but I was like chief, but you shouldn't be behaving like this to normal people. Like someone that doesn't have like a medical background and stuff comes to your your space to come for for like an ultrasound test. You don't know what she's. She has in her head, you know, probably she's had miscarriages and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, she's probably pensive. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know what to expect. You're not even saying anything to calm her down. No one is holding her hands. What's wrong with you people? Why are you people? I think, ah, it was it. And trust me, like, every other time I went for scan, I met someone else and it was the same behavior. There was when I, when I, there was a particular time that I went for my abnormally scan. Mm-hmm. Are we still here? Yeah. I went for my anomaly scan. So I paid for anomaly scan. And then when the scan was done, the person went ahead and did normal obstetric scan. So I, I, I because my husband is an obstetric and gynecologist, so I, I scanned the results to him immediately. And I was like, no, this is not an anomaly scan. That's who did this to you? Like, like who did this for you? And I told him the name of the person. Immediately, he got on the phone and called the consultant. Blah, like, she came for an anomaly scan. So I now went back. To the to the radiologist, like ah, madam, if I say that, say say your husband be consultant, say you you be doctor now, and I for don't do that. I said, why paid? Like normal ultrasound scan is four thousand, and normally scan is twenty five thousand. I paid twenty five thousand because I wanted to do an. I was like, but. What's the use of the anomaly scan now? Eh? If anything go wrong, you won't remove them. I was like, are you for real? Like, can you as imagine? In, like, can you imagine? Oh my god. I, I was disgusted. Like, how can you say this to, to a pregnant woman? Why would you even say this? Like, why? Oh and now I now took my time to enlighten him. I said, see, of course, if I if there's something wrong with you do anomaly scan to pick up stuff, what you can on treat time. and what you yeah. can't treat. Yeah, on mm-hmm. time. So, yeah, it's not my decision if I want to keep the pregnancy or not. That doesn't mean... A normally scan is not that, oh, you're going to terminate the pregnancy. Like, do you get... I said, oh, you both ways to make me they do a normally scan. They know what it is mm-hmm. them they say. That's why we keep missing stuff like this, in, stuff that could have been prevented. Like, if you would have nipped it in the board, we miss it because, oh, no. God, don't do it. I'm just less... So, yeah, for me, that was the past that just freaked me out my whole pregnancy. Like, every... I had to... Anytime I got back home, I would tell my husband, like, ah... Why are people terrible like this? Like, why are doctors terrible? Like, like I was on the receiving end, you know, like people are always sweet in Nigerian yeah. doctors, Nigerian doctors. I didn't know bad how bad it was, it was mm-hmm. until I was a patient on the yeah. you get. So I was like, wow. 
Like, I can't imagine, like, as in someone that doesn't have a medical background going to be this. No wonder people come on Twitter and tweet all sorts of things about Nigerian yeah. doctors. Because I can't, if you go through something like that, I, oh, definitely you go and share your experience and people will be like, oh, wow, these people are uncultured. Like, do mm-hmm. you get? Right. So basically, your own, your, your own, your own uh, issues were with the health system, Nigerian health system. Yeah. Okay. Niam, yeah. how about Nike? Um, the first trimester was was fine. I really had no symptoms. I didn't really have any symptoms. But so it was more like business as usual. Um, then second trimester, throughout the pregnancy, actually, I, I almost had no symptoms. But of course, I had to um pipe down on the chores at home, and then my partner was he took it up with. Um, no little or no complaint. Let me not say no complaint. Little or no complaint. Then I think that the challenging part for me was um, being pregnant during COVID. So the second and third trimester was like at the peak of COVID when everybody, you know, we were at home. If you go visit mm-hmm. your sister, you stay outside. And um, so I think that it was it was that was the challenge. So I wasn't really able to have that physical support like I would have wanted. So of course they used to they call me. We do video calls, but like having your mother come around to just be around, really, because um, <laughs> it's not like she's coming to do anything for me. But just having your mother around, he, he, I missed that, and I, I and I feel like um, that I would have loved that. Then, but so it was pretty much just uh, myself and my husband almost throughout the pregnancy. So yeah, but even at that, I didn't feel like I had any, like I missed anything. I feel like oh, I had adequate support. And Nikia, just to um um further ask, because I know that you were working as well in teaching hospital while you were pregnant. How was it like as regarding as regards um work support, workplace support for pregnant women? For you, what was your experience like, especially in Nigeria? Okay, so um, initially, nothing changed. Actually, not not nothing changed in in terms of we were still doing our regular calls. Um, actually, the guys um that we were on, cause we are two ladies, and funny enough, both of us were pregnant at the same time, and our EDD was actually on the same day. So, um, but oh, she gave birth two weeks before me. So um, two ladies, then three guys, and they actually told us that no be you, no be me, give you belly. Like you don't expect me to do your call for you. Like you are the one clamoring about um, equality. So so you are pregnant. So like we sh- should we call for you? So it was pretty much we did our calls the same way, but. Um, somebody, the last call, I was, I was like maybe 38 weeks, maybe the, because the person saw how stressed I was, the guy was like, okay, let me do your call for you. Not like do your call because it's actually exchange because he still told me last month that I'm still owing him the call he did for me. So it's not like he did it for me. It just, it just exchange, but it was, um, I feel it was the same thing. Then, like I said, it was during COVID. So work workload reduced a, a whole lot so so I, I would not really say that um, I was stressed at work so to speak then but um one thing that I would have loved 
our um, during COVID, some departments allowed their pregnant and nursing mothers to stay off work or come um, like twice or three times in a week. But my HOD told me that there's no study, um, um, there's no study to show that um, COVID is any different on pregnant <laughs> women, so that we should continue to work as usual. So I felt, of course, I felt um, like, wow, but you just, she would call occasionally and check up on us and ask, how are you doing? And so I think that kind of balanced it out. So it was um, not bad. I think COVID made it better, actually because the workload was not so much so, yeah. Okay, and for, and for people listening, because I know some people wondering, how is she a doctor and saying that COVID did not increase her workload? Let me tell you, she's working in psych. That's why workload did not increase, so that you can relate. All right, Kemi. Okay, so for me, let me start with um, work support. Okay, so... Um, at work, they were quite um, supportive. It was a, it, it was during COVID as well, and I work as a healthcare assistant in a dementia ward, which was now turned into like a COVID ward. Mm-hmm. So, and um, so the what what happened was when I found out I was pregnant, I had to talk to my um, line manager that this is what is going on. Mm-hmm. So. They they already organized like a risk assessment form for someone who is not going to be able to work in COVID units. Yeah. So what they did was um, when uh, I filled that risk assessment form, I had to move to a ward where was green, meaning that there's no COVID patients. So that was it. But unfortunately for me, two weeks, it was as if immediately I found out I was pregnant. All the symptoms, everything just started, you know, coming up. So I had to go on like one month sick leave at first. Then later I had to resign because we're moving cities. We were moving from Cambridge to Aberdeen. So it was no, it was a no brainer. I couldn't function. I was throwing up like 15 times a day. So there was nothing I could do. I just decided to, you know, let me resign for now till, you know, I'm, I'm back on track. So that was it. So, but I think for what I've seen so far with my mm-hmm. first pregnancy, before I had the miscarriage, there would have been so much support. They would have, um, you know, done things like don't go into the side rooms because of infections. Mm-hmm. They would have reduced my moving and handling um what else and there would have been so much support from your your colleagues and the Mm -hmm. nurses and your bosses so i think for work um support that was not bad it was good even though i didn't have to enjoy that because i Mm -hmm. had to resign then for family and friends it was covid obviously so nobody was visiting anyone Mm-hmm. Then I just clocked like one year, three months in the UK. So I didn't really have so much friends yet. Most of my friends like you were in other parts of the country mm-hmm. you get. So it was basically me and my husband. But what I know I got was support from family and friends through WhatsApp video calls. <laughs> Every single day, my mom, my sister, everyone calls me. They talk to me. They, you know, the first month was terrible. 
I couldn't cook. I couldn't do anything. And my husband was really fantastic. He would come back even though he had a stressful job then because we were in Cambridge and Cambridge is quite fast paced mm-hmm. compared to where we are now. He would, you know, cook what he can, like rice, yam, plantain, things like that. So I was just managing on that. I couldn't even keep anything down anyways. So from that point of view, I would say he did a good job. And basically, the whole support I got was on on, on phone, basically. <laughs> I was always on video calls. Shewa can testify to it. Always on video calls. Which I could do like, <laughs> like 10 video calls in a day just you know different people talking to me and that way even though it wasn't physical mm. it still felt very good it felt like I had people around me yeah. who cared about me who you know everyone was calling my sister you know my friends my mom my sister my niece you know she'll pick up the phone and call me which I found <laughs> very very amazing and it, it really helped me power through when I was really weak and sick and it, it helped me power through it. So I guess even though it wasn't physical, it was good enough for me here. Yeah. A shout out to whoever created technology. We're very, very grateful for this opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> All right, going to the next question, which is about um, labor and delivery. I just wanted you to um, talk about that, that experience. Where did you feel like you were prepared for what you met in that labor room and then talk about things like maybe if for anybody that had epidural or somebody that had to switch from maybe you had plans for vaginal delivery and then you had to switch to CS what was the experience like for you just go ahead and just short short quick way just tell us about what that experience really is for somebody else that is probably pregnant at the moment and waiting for that time how about um let's start with Nikkei Okay, so for labor, um, I traveled to it was I was with um, my mother-in-law. So throughout that day, we were out and about. Then I kept on complaining of I think oh I well I already introduced myself as a medical doctor, but I like legit did not know that that was labor pain because it just felt <laughs> like menstrual pain, like um, just maybe like a serious or no not serious, maybe just like a a level yes just like menstrual cramp and then it started like 3 a.m the day before i had my baby and then it just felt like oh i'm having menstrual cramps no i'm having cramps not menstrual cramps but i'm having cramps and then it kept on throughout the day i was fine we went out we then you know it became um serious or it became it increased towards evening and then um, even when I saw show, like I legit did not know that because it didn't sound like, you know, that mucus plug. It didn't look like that mucus plug. That <laughs> so now you see why people are telling them, Tapatiri, a gentleman. I see that. So, but I, I called my, um, one of the doctors that work at the hospital where I registered. So, and then she was like, I should come in that um, it's getting late in the night. That let her just assess me. Then if it's um, nothing, then I can go back home. And then I got to the hospital around eight and then they were like, oh, you're in labor. We have to, um, you have to stay overnight. So I, I didn't really have, like I had my um, overnight bag and the bag containing all the baby essentials, but all the change, um, clothes to change, 
like the essentials like i didn't have it because i didn't even know i was in labor so um and i already planned for epi yeah i should say now that every woman should have epi like there's no need there's no point no need life. for the suffering <laughs> your if even if your doctor did if your doctor doesn't offer you because most times in nigerian hospitals they don't offer Yes, you should ask for it. And then you should read about it so you would know what to expect. Like, there's no point. Like, Shewa, I was chatting with you. I told you I was in labor, yeah? And around 1 a.m., I had my baby around 4. Around 1 a.m., I was still chatting with Shewa. I recorded because I was alone. My husband was out of town. So I still recorded, like, the whole pushing out my baby, the first cry. I recorded it myself. I was that much legit just lounging. Like, there's no need, there's no reason why you should experience labor pain when um, um, medicine has made it so easy. Like, and it's almost safe. Of course, every procedure has its own risk, and even labor itself is a risky thing. Yeah, but like, it's so much. It's anyways, my labor was a blast, like because of um much labor pain to start with. When I got to the hospital, I was like 3 cm, and I got when I got to the hospital around eight, I had I had the epi around nine, and the rest, as they say, is history. Like it was it was just I think the it was just fun, really. I think the only thing I missed about it was that I was alone with my mother-in-law. Like I would have loved my husband to be there, but other than that, it was it was a blast. Okay, all right. How about Okwe? Well, this. <laughs> Anyways, I have me. I, I gave birth to my baby via CS, and it wasn't a mistake. That was why I okay. wanted. So it was, was elective. Uh, like I already okay. spoke. Yeah, it was an elective CS. I already, even though my parents and my parents-in-law don't know anything about it, because you know how Nigerian <laughs> parents are. They've been. They were praying throughout my pregnancy. <laughs> oh, wa oh my baby, woman. And yeah, my husband will be saying, eh, hey, we'll be saying, man, when we knew our own plan, we knew our plan already. Like, but what was wrong with these people? I already knew. I like, I didn't want to go through that all that. I just didn't want to. I picked my child's date. First of all, you know, I just relocated to a new country. So we had to go and explain why I wanted CS. And we'll do like a psych evaluation that you know what you are doing and all that. And all, blah, blah, blah. So I shall finally got a consultant that was willing to. So like, the rule is that they won't cut you until after 40 weeks. That's the rule. Unlike Nigeria, that they can go ahead and cut you by 37 weeks, 38 weeks. If, you, if you're a doctor, self, if you have your weight at 7, they'll cut you open and you get. So, and I think they do that because with the hope that yeah, the baby will exactly. come before they cut you open. Do you get? <laughs> well, you see, my own baby was, you know, she was in support of my decision. And she, <laughs> 40 weeks, <laughs> almost 41 weeks, my baby was not willing to come out. So, it was through CS and my goodness. See, I, I am a superwoman. I celebrate myself. People should celebrate ah, you, yeah. <laughs> We celebrate Because you. I gave birth. You know, it was COVID. And we just, 
relocated. The plan was to have my mom, my mom-in-law around, but all that couldn't happen. So it was just me and my husband. And then I gave birth to my baby in the hospital. And you know, when both people don't beat babies and all that, because not, I don't understand that anyways. So I was discharged the day 24 hours or 36, after, um, 36 hours after. I came home, I baited my baby because I couldn't stand not beating my baby. I don't understand the logic behind that. So it was, the whole CS process was, it was just 35 minutes and baby just came out. I was awake, everything, and we saw the baby and I was like, oh, is this you? Hi, I'm your mommy. And then, and then, yeah. And yeah, but can I ask you something? So, okay, what what yeah. would you say um, actually made you make that decision of CS? Would you say that mm -hmm. I think I've no, go ahead. Okay, I was going to say that. Would it would you say that maybe it was because of the experiences you had had, like for example, because you're a doctor, you've seen people just go through pain, and yeah, you... yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> I've seen a lot of women in labor, and I'm like, no, that's not gonna be me, no, and I think. When I just said this to my husband, my husband, my, and my husband has delivered like God knows how many babies. And I'm like, yes, I agree. Just don't bother. Like, do you guess? Like, so it was like we just, we, we just like okay, let's agree. Like, and then we just came to the same conclusion that yeah, there's no point. Like, like and I already I made up my mind when I did my house job, and I was rotating through ups and then like I was never going to be screaming. No, 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 I can't do that. It's not necessary. Let's just get it out. Okay. And and it works yeah. for me. And why did you also explore um, Epi? You still push the baby out. <laughs> <laughs> I give up on you. Even <laughs> with Epi, I still want to push the baby. I, I love my vagina the way it is. I'm not interested in doing it. Like, do you get it? Like, just, no, it's not necessary. Well, actually, no. Kevin, Kevin, your own experience. What was your experience with Okay, so my experience is before I start, let me just put this out there. Yeah, it's good to have like a bed plan, this, that, that, that you want it to be, but also have it at the back of your mind that things. It might not go like that. <laughs> yes. I've always known right from time that things can change. One, my husband is a doctor. Two, I have lots of doctor friends. And three, I also have like a little bit of, you know, anatomy and all yeah. that. So I know things can change. Yeah, but, you know, as a first-time mom, you just want it to be like this, that, 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 that. But trust me, all that will be out of the window. Yeah, that said. Okay, so for me, the plan was to have um, a natural delivery, but with epidural. So okay. my plan was because I read lots of uh, books, watched lots of YouTube videos and everything. So I, I would say that I felt I was a bit prepared. Mm -hmm. Oh. Was he sorry? Do you mean natural like water bed? No, no, no. I meant oh, okay. vaginal delivery. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but with epidural. So the plan now was: oh, should I wait a bit? I used to have very severe um, menstrual dysmenorrhea, like you call it. So I used to hear people say, "Oh, it's just a little bit above um, that normal <laughs> menstrual pain." This, that, that. Life. So even though. Even though I'd said I wanted um, epidural, which has been put into my birth plan and all that, a part of me still wanted to, uh, maybe I can still push through to like <laughs> six centimeters. And you know, so there was that mixed feeling. Even though I know that, yes, if the pain is too much, because I, I, I feel that I've suffered monthly enough already in my lifetime. 
the menstrual pain I have. I have severe menstrual pain. Menstrual pain that would disgrace you. That kind of menstrual pain. That's the type, type I have. So, yeah, that was it. But then, okay, 40 weeks, nothing, no show, nothing, nothing was happening. 40, in the UK, once you have 40 weeks, then they would start planning to induce you within the next one, seven to 10 days. So I'd already gone for my last checkup and they said, oh, since you are, it's your due date and your baby is not here, we might induce you, give you a, mem- a membrane sweep, that's that, 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 that. I said, okay, no problem, membrane sweep. Yeah, we did the membrane sweep, no show, nothing happened. Then after, I think I got my induction appointments 10 days after I was 40. So that was like um, 41, no, nine days after uh, I clocked 40 weeks. So that's like 41 days to 41 weeks, two days. So I went for my induction, which was quite uncomfortable because I had to use that um, balloon ripening ball or something, something cervical ripening ball. Uh, you guys are doctors now. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. So they had to insert that, which was very uncomfortable. And almost immediately, I started feeling something like it's like my labor is starting. And I got back home because of COVID and all that. You are supposed to send you home for 24 hours. So you are supposed to do your early labor phase and all that at home. So I came home. I was, I think I went into labor because I was feeling pain. It wasn't so bad. It was tolerable. I was telling my husband, okay, it's like my menstrual cramps, but not as bad as my menstrual cramps yet. I, you know, went into, I did, I went, I, I went into the, I went into the um, bathroom, had a bath because I've watched so many YouTube videos saying that um, having a bath will calm you down and all that. But I was still feeling uncomfortable. This was around let's say 12 in 12 noon and this continued till like 8 30 at night then i fell asleep it was painful but not so bad like it, I, I could still tolerate it then i woke up and everything disappeared and i'm like uh-uh. where has the labor gone by now i should it should have intensified a bit you know by now i should be counting maybe then three contractions in 10 minutes or some, you know, all those <laughs> things we, we see online and we read, you know. So, but then nothing was happening. Everything stopped. And I was like, ah, what was happening? It was practically as if the labor disappeared. So I went to sleep. I just moved on with my, you know, normal routine. Then in the morning, I woke up around 8.30 in the morning at breakfast I was supposed to go back to the hospital around 11 because I was supposed to come back in 24 hours. And around um, 10 minutes to 10 minutes to 10, thereabouts, I felt my water, I I noticed that my water broke. It, it wasn't the gush like the type we're seeing, but it was just the one that trickles down. Then I noticed it was brown. And I've read and I've listened and, you know, all those things that the water is supposed to be clear. So I was wondering, why is it brown? So I just called them immediately. The first thing I did was I checked the time because I know that's one of the things they would ask. 
when did the water break was the color so i checked all those things so i have the information then i called the uh, maternity hospital and i explained to them that i think my water just broke they said what time i told them uh what's the color i said it's not clear it's um like brown you know and they said okay that oh it's almost time to come back to the hospital anyways so you can start coming and I packed my things, my hospital bag, and, and, and I was just there. Basically, nothing was happening. I guess they were just monitoring um, the contractions and the at the arch rate of the baby. And this, as at this time, this was around 12. And around 3, they kept on coming. You know how it is now with all this Oyimbo <laughs> hospitals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You start seeing them with different uniforms different uniforms coming in coming in i was wondering why are they coming in like this okay no problem my husband was was with me he was also checking but you know he's an ophthalmologist so i don't think he still knows all the knowledge of um all those things with um gynecology and all that anymore so he was saying that he, he thinks that the heart rate is shooting up that but let's see let's see what they have to say so they came in, they were like, ah, have I been drinking water? Am I dehydrated? I said, no, I'm not dehydrated. I've been drinking water. They said, oh, because my baby's um, heart rate is shooting up. They said, oh, maybe maybe I might be dehydrated. Sometimes when you're dehydrated, this can happen. So I attached another um, line, uh, a, a drip. This was supposed to be fluid, you know, that maybe to help with the heart rate and all. So I had that for about 30 minutes and nothing changed. And they, later they came in and said uh, that something is wrong, that they feel the baby's there's some sort of um, fetal distress going on. And I will tell you, as at this time, remember I told you that I was going to be put on oxytocin. They wanted to check to monitor. They eventually put me on the oxytocin, but they had to stop it because I wasn't going into labor. Nothing was happening. To yeah, the, and the heart rate, yes, but yeah. the heart rate was shooting up. So not so they had to discontinue the oxytocin, and later the consultant came in, checked me one more time. She, I think, she said that she wanted to check if she could get the sample of the baby's blood or something from her head, yeah, and to see. But when she tried to do it, it was so uncomfortable. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't stomach the pain at all. And she said, you know, I think that the baby. She told me, I think this baby is um is under some kind of distress already and it's better to just bring her out to be safe and i said okay fine that's fine if that's the case as long as my baby is fine and i'm fine there's no problem and within 10 minutes i was wheeled into the theater It, it was so fast i was impressed you know everybody the team everybody came up they did what they had to do and i was quite calm because i've always even though I wanted like uh, a vaginal delivery and all that. I've always told myself that the a successful delivery is when mother and child is fine. So whatever happens, make sure that myself and my baby were doing great. Yes, that's, that's the most important thing. Okay, I, yeah. I can see that chemical. Chemical. Literally, remember all the details. <laughs> I can still remember, boy, because it was just two months ago, Shewa. <laughs> Okay, Shatrusha. <laughs> was just two months ago. Yeah. Let's move to the next question. So basically, I wanted to move into like the realities, the postpartum realities now. 
Um, okay. The first question I have is about um, like imposter syndrome. How did you, did you feel like you were ready to be a mother? Like when you first carried the baby home, were you taking it to So Nikkei, you're not a baby, you're not a mother. <laughs> you know, <laughs> how, did that, how did that period go for you? Especially like entering into the model for real and realizing that you one, one child, one baby was now in your care for life. Let me start with um, Nikkei. Or more times one billion. <laughs> That's like the question of the century. I think that I don't know. Well, because I was with my mother-in-law, so the whole the process of getting I literally just have to wake up. She does everything. I just have to wake up and breastfeed and sleep back if I want. She does she did practically everything for me, grooming. Um, grooming the baby, um, food, everything. I just oh, woke up, fed the baby, did sit back and entertain people. And yeah, loud, you know. Hey, what me? That was it. London. So, so, um. So, um, but I had to go home or I went home um, after four weeks and that was when reality set in that, oh, I am a mother. I am <laughs> responsible for this child and I'm responsible for everything. In, um, everything I'm responsible. And, you know, I had this fear, like, I, I hope I'm not going to mess this child up. If the child should cough or sneeze i'm like i've done something wrong i hope it's not because i didn't wrap him well i hope it's not because i did this i didn't do this and you know that fear came but i would um suppress it daily and even though i am a doctor and i know um things about or i'm supposed to know about um children it's i consulted google a lot i consulted i consulted my friends a lot i consulted my with my sister a lot like um so but but i think that another thing that changed also is that you're no i'm not no longer respons spiritually responsible for just myself alone i'm now spiritually responsible at least for now for mm -hmm. not even for now, I think it's forever for some, <laughs> and that's a huge responsibility because even myself, I'm still struggling. Like, and then now there's somebody else that I'm adding to the mix. So it helped me to step up my game a bit. Yes, I had to step up my game, and I think that nothing prepares you for motherhood really. Like nothing, not not your not your degree, not not the advice, not not what you've read, nothing. I, I feel like I'm learning on the job. Like every day I'm learning something new. And and I think that that's just basically it. Like I'm open to I don't have it all together. I don't know it all. I'm I'm learning on the job. And I, I you know there's something that I tell my husband that I'm using this boy is like um I'm using him for experience, uh, for experiments. Like we are learning together. Like you're a baby, you're learning new things about the world. I am 
also <laughs> learning new things about motherhood. Like right. if I try this and it doesn't work, okay, I'll switch to something else that, okay, maybe this will work for you. And so it's basically, it's been a learning experience more more than anything. It's been a learning, it's been a journey of, of learning. Mm. Okay. How about Kemi? Okay. Um, for me, you know, I spoke about um, having anxiety initially mm-hmm. during the pregnancy. I think so. When that switch happened to me, mm-hmm. it was the same switch continued with me throughout, you know, till I gave birth. And the switch was like, this child is my responsibility. Mm-hmm. I make sure that I get it right. So with that, <laughs> I would... I would, would I say I was a bit defensive when, because I noticed that when you're a new mother, I'm sure it happened to um, Okpe and Nike as well. Everybody has something to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of oh, course. I became very... Uh, should, I don't know what... In- defensive is the word. I totally I relate be- to you, Kevin. Trust me, in- seriously. That's the in- word. You know all those old old mother's tales, old wife's tales. I had to do my own research myself. I don't know if I'm right all the time, but whatever it is, I don't care who it is. As long as I don't agree with something, you are not doing it to my baby. My mom was able to come around, thankfully, um, from Nigeria. So which I had the help. But even at that, I made sure that the sole responsibility of taking care of my baby was lies hundred percent with me like i think she only washed her she only uh, gave her a bath like maybe two four times and she's been here for three months the rest i started doing it myself because i just wanted to make sure that i'm doing it the way i want not the way someone wants or not the way but she mentioned the yorubani you know all those kind of things mm-hmm. so, for me, it was like a wake-up call, like, I need to get this right. I know that I don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. I know that um, I would have to still listen and learn from people. But one thing I would say to any new mother is, your baby is your number one manual. Whatever it is anybody tells you, yes, it could work, you could take the advice, but don't just take it hook, line, and sinker, because you'll be shocked what different things they'll come up with on on you know so take it one step at a time and let me just put it out whatever it is you are doing you are doing a great job mm. no matter ah, but yeah you, you are not holding the head well you are, not, you are doing a great job right it is you do and you will be fine just like Nikkei said as well we are all learning on the job we are all, the the most important thing is knowing fully well that you are responsible for someone else now which I think once you know that, you'll be able to navigate what you need to navigate through, you know. So, yeah, just take it one step at a time and you'll be fine. For me, it's been, it's been learning. It's been, you know, having to be more responsible. It's been um, having to debunk a lot of things that if maybe if I was in Nigeria, I would not be able to debunk it because of fear of respect and all that. <laughs> but I, I think I'm a total, I'm a different Kenyan now. You know, I'll just tell you, no, I don't want that for my child. And that's it. If you like, vex. If you like, don't vex. I've moved on. As far as I'm concerned, this child is my responsibility. And I will take care of her best to my own knowledge. 
yes, while taking advice and think, but I would filter whatever it is. I will not just take it hook, line, and sinker. Mm. Yeah, that's it. Okay. And actually, when you were talking, Kemi, I, I hear you about like, you know, full responsibility and everything. But you know, when you, yeah. when you mentioned, for example, when you mentioned that you, um, like your mom had um, the bath for your baby for like three times in, in three months. In my head, I'm thinking, Kemi, Makbari. <laughs> like, do you get? I'm thinking because I feel like there's there's actually a balance, and I want you to maybe like weigh in on what I'm thinking, which is the fact yeah. that I know that there's there's this stubborn mode um, parents get into as well, where you feel like you know you, you are taking responsibility, you are being responsible mm. for your child, but there's also a place mm. of peace and also like being able to delegate so that you mm. you don't you don't drain out your own your own energy because you can't give what you don't have. Yeah, do you understand? Okay. Okay, so can I say something? Mm. Okay, so what I did was, it wasn't like uh, I, I, mommy was here and I didn't allow her to do anything. There are things like um, cooking, mm-hmm. which help with. There are other things that I let her help with. So in a way, I still had enough energy to like take care of the baby, do the sleepless nights. And you, do you get what I mean? Mm. Like, um, it, it Yes, I know that there's no way I can do all that at, at alone. It's not possible. I mean, you, when I don't want to kill myself, I just what I did was I channeled, um, you know, her being around into other things yeah. around. Yeah. And that's yeah. and that's actually that also actually wisdom because and, as, you, and as you get into like parenting journey, I would think yeah. it's it's necessary for people to be able to know what is delegatable and not delegatable. If I can use that, yeah. word, that word, so like you've been able to know that okay, when it comes to this and this as regarding my children, I want to be in charge of it, and when it comes yes. to this, I can delegate, which is wise. Yeah. So I hear you. Okay, how about you? Um, first of all, to add to what Kemi says, Kemi, I, I can totally relate about being defensive. Like, me and my mom literally got into a lot of fights over this. Ah, what is wrong with you people like so trust me i totally relate but me i didn't even have anyone around this was all over the phone like this was over the phone like like everybody saying their own mm-hmm. this thing and now and one more but I like in me so like okay yeah so what they would do is they'll go to my husband and because my husband is supposed to be the one that has sense and <laughs> listens to people and, and they don't know that at the end of the day he's the stubborn one he just doesn't okay. Do you guess? <laughs> That's what he does. So yeah, I can totally relate with that part when, of what Kemi was saying. In terms of imposter syndrome, I don't think it ever ends. Well, at least at, not at this point. Because when I give birth to my baby, I'm, I'm still my mommy's baby. <laughs> like, <laughs> and now I have a baby. Like So like, oh my goodness. Like, like some days I still need to snap myself like, out of it. Like, oh, this is actually your baby. Hey, mommy, like, do you guess? Like, wow. Oh, wow. Like, oh, my bounty. Like, yeah, hey, mommy, like, do you guess? So, like, and then in terms of anxiety, never ends. Like, I've always had anxiety. The moment I got pregnant, my anxiety doubled. And then when I had the baby, oh, my goodness. It just, in fact, went off the... Like, as in, you know that those stuff that you read online that people wake up to see if their baby is breeding or pinch them to see if they I, I did it a lot my baby just moved to her she used to sleep in the same room with her 
we we us in the bedside um, court. So she recently just moved to her own room, sleeping in big girl's court. So like I literally, when she started, every hour I wake up, I set alarm, <laughs> I wake up to go and check if she's breathing and she's all right and stuff. Like, my husband will be like, um, that's the my, camera thing that you can put. I have it now. My husband say, "Wakpare, wama kpare, mama kpare." Like, thank you, leave me. Say that you too. Do you, there was one day I was so angry, like, "Bo, the day you start getting pregnant, I can carry a baby for forty-two weeks, then talk to me. Until then, just leave me alone. Sleep the sleep. Is it your sleep? Like, do you guess? Like, I said, the anxiety never ends. It never ends. Actually, with someone that always that's always had anxiety. I don't, it's, it's just that I now know how to manage it. And then I know I'm with someone that knows that I've always had anxiety. So he helps. She gets, and then I have more coping me- mechanisms because my anxiety is something I don't want to pass on to my kids. And it's very easy for them to pick up on it. She gets and feed on it. And I don't want to pass that to her. So I'm very conscious of it. I, I try to find ways to cope and minimize it and stuff. But it is okay, what it so is, like, for I example, guess. just quickly though, um, I was gonna let me just ask here because I, 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 I hear anxiety, anxiety a lot. I've heard anxiety, anxiety in our conversations, and I just wanted you to talk about like how you've been able to um, manage that, okay? Because you were saying that you shall learn to manage it somehow. So, like, maybe on how you manage that so far. I talk about stuff, things that make me anxious. Like, do you get? I, I, I talk about. I talk okay. about it. I don't keep mm-hmm. it bottled up. Then I, I, I pray about it like Jigas and, and I meditate about it because I know that will be like, because it, it, whatever, I can't keep worrying about stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, worrying mm-hmm. about it won't help. It, it won't get, it, it won't make it better. It won't make it, I'm worried, oh, is she, she'll get hurt. She will this. Do you know that before I gave birth to my baby, I was already worrying about how I was going to get her into nursery. <laughs> now I'm now worrying. My, 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 my husband used to tell me, say, problem, no, they finish. Do you understand? And now I'm one, I'm, 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 I'm looking at schools. My child is not one year yet, but I'm anxious. I have a good scare her into a school. It's like one, I, I always find something to pick up. It's like a bad habit that just keeps getting worse. Do you get? So like, as in, it's just finding coping mechanisms. Like I just let it now. I just breathe and let it be like, tomorrow we'll sort itself out. Whatever you can't control, whatever is beyond my control, I try not to hold on to it. Do you get? I just let it be, put it in God's hand and let's see. And, and I've done that and I've seen things work out miraculously. Like, oh, wow. My, and my husband will point it out. Do you remember you were worrying about this yesterday? You see? You see? So you'll be gloomy about it and now what? Sheko Tombai has not worked itself out. Like, mm-hmm. you get? And because over and over time, stuff like that has happened. I've forgotten about it or I've let it just work itself out and it just work itself out. So I'm learning to cope and not hold on and everything. Like, oh, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, um, next question. Um, I was going to ask about um, basically about mood disorders, which is sort of what we talked about. But in case just anybody, this does not even have to go around. If anybody went through maybe postpartum depression, baby blues, even psychosis, if you want to share, if there's anybody, if not, we can move. Anybody? No. Okay. Can I say something? No. Yeah. Okay. So. So even though I did experience uh, postpartum depression, I mm-hmm. kind of see how very easy you can just get into it and you are just there. Because yeah. when you come home 
from the hospital with a baby mm-hmm. and you are going through that sleepless night, cluster feeding, um, your boobs are on fire just from breastfeed. Everything is just crashing down on you. You are in so much pain, whether through CS or through um, natural delivery. There's just so much pain and all that. I've seen when, you know, I just look at my husband, he's sleeping and I'm- <laughs> And I would be so upset for no reason. Serious vexing, no? almost as if I just want to punch him in the face kind of vexing that you, you are just sleeping. Me and me are going to... Yeah. Why is it? I've heard this thing from so many, from so many mothers before. <laughs> Honest, that thing is real. It is real. So I can imagine someone who is not, um, you know, who probably feels down. Or somebody who does not even have a supportive partner normally. This is only yeah. that you were saying that okay, this person was supportive, but even while he's asleep, you are still yes. So imagine if the person yes. is not supportive at all. <laughs> so I I could say I can say that even though I didn't go through it, it is very real, and I think anyone who is finding themselves in that you know situation would can talk about it, try and um, you know, get all the positivities they can get around them, maybe from family, from friends, from pastors, from pray about it, meditate, just like Ope said, meditate about it, you know, it's, it's a lot, it takes a, toll, it takes a toll on the mother, honestly, on everyone, because I would say that it also affects um, your partner as well, it, you know, but everything is just times 10 with the mother, because you are the one going through it as it is. You know, so it yeah. is, yeah, that's, that's what I have to say. No Thanks. matter what. Thank you, yeah, for actually dropping those. Okay, so the next question is about um losing, like, losing your freedom. Because I know that, you know, when you enter into this whole motherhood thing, it's literally as if you are, you are losing your own life to be able to let another person's life exist and everything. So I want you guys to talk about that if you, if you, if it actually affected you negatively. If it did, I think we can skip it. So basically, if that... I, I want to say something about that. I don't know. A lot of people, I hear people say, oh, um, motherhood affects them and stuff like that. I, I don't... See, I get, like, you probably have to take a step back in certain mm-hmm. things you are doing and stuff. But I don't see it that way. Because I just believe life is in places. Mm-hmm. You get... Obviously, you knew you were going to have a baby and definitely, like, you don't just need to just drop the baby and just mm-hmm. move on. It doesn't work that way. So I think you should have factored all that into everything. Like, like the first I am in now, eh? Like, like I'm enjoying it because I know it's like, and and in fact, I feel very guilty that I've gone back to work and I'm working because I feel like I'm missing out on so many things. Like, if I had my way, no, not like if I like money so much. That's the fact. But because <laughs> nobody has told me to go and work, I could sit at home with my baby. But I like money. Did you get? But the thing is that I would, I would really like to enjoy my one. If I do have a baby next time, I'll take my one year off and have my maternity mm-hmm. the whole one year and enjoy it with my baby and enjoy every little moment because you can never get that moment back. You can never, you can yeah. never get it back. Once they start moving around and they start walking, they I don't know. want you to be pampered. They don't want you mm-hmm. to carry them. So, like, as an enjoy it. Yeah, that's how I see. It. I, I see that. Like, it's the same way. Like, for example, we talk about these realities of postpartum depression and stuff. It's the same way some people feel like, I'm like, how would you when you get home? It should be the joy for you to be able to hold the baby. That's what you've been. But it's not the same. 
there are some people that are not that are not particularly moved by they're not particularly moved by the fact that they are not existing while also letting do you understand what i mean for some people it, it's a whole it's so, the, yeah. the realities yeah. are, are valid yeah, yeah. valid for people that are actually going to it's not like they don't love their child it's not as if they don't want to have every time with their child but they can't just reason yeah. or be like yeah. see themselves just being there with a baby for one year and that's the reality and it's valid yeah. you understand yeah Nikki, mm. yeah it's true Mm. yes like i get your point because there was a patient that i saw like i think last year that um she resigned just mm-hmm. so she can have more time to take care of her children and then mm-hmm. three months mm-hmm. at home she went into depression like depression that would require her to be on medications and she also told me that she was feeling guilty like i want to be able to take yeah. care of my children so why am i not happy being at home all day with them but that's not the kind of person that she Mm -hmm. is so she needs to find a balance of how to be there for your children and also work and earn a living for yourself so yeah exactly okay so next question is about you know the the changes that come to that come um in place when you have a baby as regarding even you guys as a couple like with your partner like date nights like sex like you know things that literally had to shift or you are still working yourself around how it's gonna work you know so basically i want you guys to talk about that how what the struggles have been like or if for you it's been that it has even made you guys closer you know whatever share your own experience let me start to talk well well we're in COVID, we're in lockdown. We've been in lockdown since before I gave birth to my baby. So there's no date night <laughs> happening outside. But we try and you can <laughs> we you, you do can our own date nights. Like yeah, we try to do our own date nights and stuff. When she was little, it was easier because she had like a pattern. We know when yeah. she goes to sleep. But now, my baby is when you're about to do the do. That's when my baby will just. <laughs> That's when she wake up, say, Hi, what's up? Let's get into the party together. But yeah. Um, obviously, initially when I gave birth to my baby, I didn't want anybody to touch me. No, don't don't touch me. No, <laughs> like as in I wasn't. No, no, obviously. And my husband has um, he's he's in the whole OBY business, so he understands. So there was no pressure. to you guess whenever you are ready, and and I wasn't ready for a very long time. Trust me, because. My body wasn't just ready. I know people think that when you have CS because the baby doesn't mm-hmm. come out through your vagina, that mm-hmm. doesn't affect sex. It's Does. a very big lie. Because your mm-hmm. hormones are like, in fact, I don't understand. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm telling you, it's like everything. Like, you have atrophy <laughs> of your vagina, everything. Goes like, if, I'm telling you, you, you didn't push the baby out, which was, it was a rude awakening for me. Because yeah, because I, I was going to say that I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you're talking about this for, some, for people to have a balance on like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a rude awakening for me because I thought, oh, since I didn't push her out of my vagina, so my, my vagina was no, it wasn't, it didn't go back to normal. It's you still not back to normal. You still need you to get. do pelvic floor exercises, you know. <laughs> yeah, like as in it takes a while. My hormones is still like ten months in and my hormones are not balanced yet. Mm-hmm. Do you get? It's like all over the place. And and if you got contraception too, that makes it worse. Like it's just everything jamming jamming so it takes a while like and your hormones need to be at a certain optimum before your sex life becomes you know get so 
the, you have to have like a supportive partner that understands when you're interested and when you're not interested and just yeah. gets you yeah okay but, how about Nikke? i think in terms of now this is a baby that need depends on you for basically everything and i think that i also went into the mood of this is the primary thing to me yeah. which is not supposed to be apparently like so for a for a while my baby was like <laughs> the number one i didn't even want to hear anything from anybody like that that's my primary focus and so but now slowly i'm beginning to realized that it was my husband and i first and um like how many months after like your now is like is it a year now is it six months now what's the now okay um six months now um so i'm starting to shift my mindset that that um it was it's my husband and i first it's always going to be my husband and i so yeah that's that's um something that is ongoing and so initially the first few months it was always quarrel of can't you see that i'm nursing a baby can't you see that um my i'm taking care of my baby like okay so mm -hmm. what's for dinner like i don't understand can't you see that i'm taking care of your baby um what's for less gist i'm not in the mood I, I don't know it was it was basically just i was focused on my baby that i kind of forgot that i had um, um a yeah, husband and, I, and then i feel like but, i feel like that's yeah, actually also I'm shifting the balance, now like the balance of the the male um, partner also understanding that this is a phase and their, their dynamics, their household duties or dynamics that mm -hmm. may have to change or that you would have to toss out. But maybe the method at which you went about it, do you understand what I mean? I don't feel like it's, it's expected. Well, that's what I would think. Mm -hmm. That it's expected that things may change. No, yeah, because, like, to be honest, I, I think the same thing happened with me. Like, I was all about my mm -hmm. baby. Like, do you get Nobody else mattered. I just wanted to spend time with my baby and call yeah. and all this. I think that's normal. It. Yes. You get, you just, yes. This is a new human yes. being that needs you. Like, nobody. Yeah, like, exactly. That, you get. So, yeah. I think. And if. And even when, let's say, we're having a discussion, there's always something about I'm putting my baby inside. Or, like, before. I used to just send a random picture of myself to my husband. But now all the pictures I send to him is our baby <laughs> laughing, our baby moving, our baby eating. Our... So that yeah. that intimacy of us before, like, it was, I just kind mm -hmm. of, I became obsessed, sort of. It was now about my baby, our baby. That that was that's that's just it. And even when we are gisting, is do you know what he did today? Do you know what he did? Like, can you imagine what yeah, this so person there's, did? There's, and there's yeah, need so. for balance. I hear you. How about um, Kemi? Okay, so for me, I'm just two months into it. <laughs> so, but um, I think for me, because I've listened to so many people talk about their own um experiences it kind right. of um gave me a wake-up call 
Right. I'm not saying I'm getting it right all the time. Obviously, mm-hmm. there are times where, like Nikki said, you are just obsessed with your baby. You just want to, can't you see I'm taking care of my baby? And truly, it feels as if that's all you do all day. Especially mm-hmm. when you have a baby that's cluster feeds or mm-hmm. just wants to be with you all the time, clingy and all. So it feels like that. But what I do is when mm-hmm. I notice that um, that's what I've been doing for some time, I just, mm-hmm. you know, take a step back and like talk to my husband like oh so I was work today how right. did it go how did uh, you know the basic things we talk about because I'm always interested in his um work gist and all mm-hmm. that you know mm-hmm. yeah so I just take time even if it's, it won't take as long as we used to take before mm-hmm. I just try to do it then another thing is obviously I don't cook as much as I cook before but once in a while, I just try to do something he likes, like his favorite. He likes pancakes, he likes fried rice, all those things. I just once in a while, just quickly give the baby to my mom and do it myself, you know, just so that it feels like, okay, I, I'm not um, totally forgetting him. But the question now is, uh, my mom is leaving tomorrow. <laughs> Don't worry, so... you guys will be fine. If I can do it, anybody else can do it. I didn't have anyone. Yeah. So, like, you guys will win it. That's just because you cannot kill yourself and he cannot kill himself. Because you'll be with baby for hours. He will go to work. He will come back tired. So, you guys yeah. have to find the balance. We'll go to work, he will yeah. have to help you with feeding at mm-hmm. night so that you can catch some sleep. If not, you'll be cranky. And a cranky mom is not. It won't be a happy home. No, it won't. It's not so, the best. Yeah. You'll be fine. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say about the fact that, as in, I think it's the balance of the 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 other person that was not the pregnant one, understanding that things would change and dynamics, there will be changes in dynamics and everything. And it's also the part of the person that was the pregnant one and the mother to also realize that there's also a place for intentionality. Like, so it's the balance of both. Like yeah. you trying to maybe just make an extra step out of your oh, baby yes. baby zone mm-hmm. to think mm-hmm. of something, and then the other person also knowing that okay, this is a very big change for you, and they have to step step up and step in. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. a balance of both actually, and I hear you guys. Okay, so the next question I was going to ask is about breastfeeding, formula feeding, what you decided, if you know there was horror <laughs> on top of both me, me. breastfeeding never come out. I know the I didn't even I didn't start I didn't lactate at all in the hospital. My baby I had to they had to give my baby formula because it was it was her latch was painful. I wasn't the milk I was producing was like in fact little or nothing. Do you get like I, I literally didn't go into labor so my body wasn't prepared to produce milk yet like like so she wasn't right. getting enough so it was it was formula. And then when my husband was coming to pick me at the hospital, he already branched at Sainsbury's and bought after meal. It's like, holy whack, Because I was crying over the phone. Like, when I called him, I'm trying to breastfeed her and it's so painful. It's like, you know, you can't do this. So he bought the after meal before he came to pick us. And then we, I was even like, ah, no, I'm going to breastfeed my baby. Exclusive. Kiniko, kiniko. Yeah. I said, babe, order pump. He ordered pump. Kiniko, kiniko. I'll sit down and pump like for one hour like this. When my baby guzzles it down like this, she's hungry. And I was like, no, this is not sustainable. So we just went with, she was taking more formula. It was like 60, 40. 60% mm-hmm. formula and, and 40 breast milk. And it helped me. She slept. It made my life easier because she was sleeping more hours at night. 
do you get? Because the formula was heavy, so it made right. her she, she wasn't wake, waking up as much. There was no much. The cluster feeding wasn't that bad, so he helped. And then because she's and he also helped her. Um, when it was time for her to start nursing, because she started nursing when she was three months, it was easier. Because we were not attached to each other, like with the breast, get So once there's food and someone is carrying her, she's all right. Like she didn't have any problem. So it was easier for me, I guess. But if you want to exclusive breastfeed, it's good for you. But I don't think I'm ever going to be on that bandwagon again since I've done it and it works. <laughs> so yeah. Are you proud of your are you proud of yourself after teaching all those women? You no, no, I never preach that. <laughs> my, well, I, well my, my, my message now is to you. My message <laughs> now to mommies <laughs> is now your, the most important thing is that your baby should eat. Whichever food is. Come when she has down, that's the most important thing. I'm telling you seriously. Milk is milk. Wow. You want Nigerian doctors to have epilepsy with this thing? Yeah, milk, milk is milk. milk man. Wow. <laughs> milk is milk. My baby is healthy. She's eating all her milestones. Now she's eating her malaria. We do everything at 10 months. So, yeah, her palate is very, you know, sophisticated. I planned to exclusively breastfeed, and all was going fine. So, I had to resume. And then my baby, even at that, I was still pumping. Like, I had, um, I, I bought both manual and um, electric pump. And then I, I had milk, like two two week um, stash of milk in my freezer, and I was wow. ready. I was ready to to until my baby would stop. He he would um um accept breast milk directly, but he refused to take it from the bottle. Like I would leave him from morning till like two. And it would only take maybe like 60 meals. Someone that used to take 60 meals every, that used to take like about um, 150 meals every two hours or so. And it would take 60 meals for like eight hours and it would be fine. It would just, and it was losing weight. It lost about a kg. So after two weeks, I resumed at four months. So after two weeks of, didn't make, um, two weeks of doing that and he had lost about a kg it didn't make sense again to insist that I want him to be exclusively respect because what is important I think um, um, Okwe said that is that the baby is fed formula breast milk it doesn't matter so he, he, he wasn't um, sustainable anymore it didn't make sense he wasn't eating and um, he wasn't accepting the breast milk from bottle and he wasn't even taking it i tried um spoon feeding also he didn't accept it so it didn't make sense so i just switched to at four months two weeks i switched to formula and he's doing well so now i do both he takes um both um breastfeeding and um, formula i did that in six weeks to go then until six months then now he he eats anything to yes, God be your glory. Yeah. <laughs> All right, chemist, answer. Uh, so for me, I'm exclusively, I'm exclusively breastfeeding now, and uh, at first it was difficult, just like Oppa said, my milk didn't come in the next day. Uh, oh, I was able to get colostrum on that first. It was so painful. My nipples cracked like serious wound. 
cracked. Right. But <laughs> it was painful, honestly. Level, you know, but I just it's something um I wanted to do, so I just had to power through it through the pain, and I can say that it took about eight weeks. Eight weeks. I just started feeling comfortable now. Now that she's she's like nine, now that's when I started feeling comfortable. Uh, it was pain all through, but I just kept doing it, doing it, and luckily for me, my milk has really come in and quite well so she's getting enough which i'm happy with um another thing is that um nipple band yeah purple it helps it won't take the pain away completely but it, like, help i think me. it helped me <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it it's difficult i won't lie <laughs> but just like you said whatever you choose. okay so the next question i was going to ask is about um parenting differences like, have you guys started experiencing me? I don't want it like this, and the other person saying this is how I want it. Have you started experiencing anything in that any anything in that area at all? Let me start to talk. Well, yeah, of, of course, there'll be conflict of interest now. You guys were brought up differently, two different people were brought up in two different households. You will have two different upbringings and stuff. So, yeah, me, the way okay. The way I am, we, my mom brought us up. We're very affectionate. You get, we are very, we sh- share our feelings. You should get. My husband is this, you know, ah, oh, I wouldn't say they don't show affection. <laughs> affection, we are family. But do you get what I'm saying? I don't know how to explain it. Do you understand? Yeah. I care what like, you mean. <laughs> So, like, I was like, well, my child is an affectionate child. Jo, 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 jo. Please. This is how we are. Do you understand? And then in my family, okay, like, for instance, my baby's birthday is in May. And me, I've already started planning, even though there's COVID. <laughs> but I've, I've booked Bouncing Castle. We are going to have birthday three of us alone and all that. And my husband is looking at me like, are you, are you okay? Are you well? And I'm like, well. This is how my mother went all out for. This is how we do in my family. Do you understand? So, get like, and it's like people don't celebrate first birthdays. That first birthdays is for Agbalagba. Like, where's the Agbalagba people celebrating with? Wow. Like, no, that, like, like, do you get it's usually for no, which is true. All the first birthdays I've gone for is usually Agbalagbas that celebrates. The baby's always cranky, sweeps. Yeah, do you get there's no Agbalagba. So, why am I going on now? So, I was like, well, because my baby's going to take pictures and we're going to have, she's going to have, she's not going to be 16 and come and ask me, so, mommy, you did not do my first birthday for me. Why? Like, <laughs> Do you get <laughs> so little nothing major just little things like that in terms of education kind of school we want to want her to go how the kind of person we want her to be we're on the same page but there are just some little 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 things that you know that we don't agree on not like we don't agree on we just share different opinions that's all but nothing major sir okay because I was going to, what I was going to ask was uh, like how do, how have you been able to like maneuver it like for one that was maybe major and it was major and you didn't have to, like maybe have a conversation or whatever we haven't had have anything major any anything major yeah okay, okay then then there's something like okay, okay like me I'm this kind of my person I'm kind of mom that come on mighty 
say bye. Like, you know, she's just preparing to cry. She hasn't cried the cry. <laughs> I'm there already carrying her. What's wrong with she petting her mouth and like oh, modelo manke? And my mom too says that. And I'm like, no, like if you can stop them from crying, why are you making them cry? What's wrong with you people? Why must they cry? Like, I don't know. Like, do you get mom was like, I swear, I was like, well, sue me and shit like I say. So yeah, well, nothing major, sir. I guess. Okay. How about Kemi? Okay, for now, we are still very much in sync with, um, you know, everything. But mm-hmm. I know that in the nearest <laughs> future, <laughs> she <laughs> in the nearest future, we might, we might, you know, have some differences. Like, just like um, Ope said, I'm also the kind of person that likes to plan things, photo shoots, things like that. You know, you, it has to have so-called ambience. You, you have to decorate the place and do it like this. I'm like that too. Uh, f- from my past experience with my husband, he doesn't really like those things. He thinks it's a waste of money and all that. But I've realized that eventually they will now like finish it. doing it. <laughs> nah, so. He will now like it. I don't understand. That's, that's <laughs> normal life, you know. Normal. I don't understand. <laughs> so, so, going forward now, what I will do is, you will do is, even if you decide that uh, Kineko Kineko is a waste of money, you don't like it, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I will still do it anyway. You know, you really like well that. <laughs> you will like it at the end of the day. <laughs> So that is for that one. Then for the the other part of it where, you know, I'm like that. So when my baby cries, I just want to check what's wrong, what's this, what's that as well. I think my husband is like that too. But maybe because he's a doctor, sometimes he wants to investigate and know what exactly is wrong. Is it wet diaper? Is it, um, you know, just wants to check mm-hmm. a bit and see. For me, I just want to make sure. I don't want her to cry because I, in my mind, I believe that when she starts crying now, you people will abandon exactly. her. Exactly. Like, so just so, nip it in the board. Let her not cry. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. So, um, I, I, I share that school of thought as well. So, I find it very annoying when people are saying things like, ma, for what call? Ma, this one. I'm like, I've already told myself that I'm sacrificing this. Not sacrificing. I'm giving this one year to my daughter. I'm not going to work. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to be a stay-at-home mom for one year. So what else is the work that I have to do if I cannot carry her and help her with any discomfort she's feeling? Yes, I get that babies will cry, even for no reason. But at least don't just leave her there to be crying just for the sake of uh, you don't want to for work or you don't want to spoil her or whatever it is. I don't feel I'm with the school of thought that you can't spoil a newborn anyways. It's just Nigerian so, mentality. Yeah, it's very annoying and disgusting. <laughs> like, as in, I find it very annoying. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, that's especially that phrase, ma for work or oh my god, that thing it, it just um it, I don't know, it cuts a fuse. It cuts a fuse in my it doesn't see I carried my baby like throughout when she was little and now she doesn't even want to be carried, she just wants to walk about and crawl Courage. about and play. Yes. She doesn't want anyone yes. to carry her now. So it's a face, enjoy it. Don't yeah. let anybody tell just enjoy it, man. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Thank you. <laughs> Um, nothing major nothing no major i think we are we are on we are insane like nothing major actually i think the only major thing that comes to mind is for the naming ceremony like should we have a party should we not and eventually we were able to settle it and meet um and meet in the middle and nothing 
nothing major. Maybe later when we have to, when it has to start school, when nothing major for now. Yeah. Like Amy said, for now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay now moving on to like um if you guys have ever experienced like judgmental um events in public you know like people that feel like they have opinions on how you carry the baby i know we've touched on this more but has anybody actually really experienced one that really got to you like especially maybe naked as in nigeria because <laughs> i know in nigeria that they go okay shock down so <laughs> let's talk about it. nick have you ever had any experience no, like that no actually no nothing nothing like that just um, or maybe not ju- not judgmental nothing just something like my mom saying um that you back him starts backing him now and i'm like no i don't want to do that or or let him do this. And I'm like, oh, respectfully, no, I don't want to do that. And also, yeah, when I was not from people, from my uh, mother-in-law, my sister-in-law, when it was like two months, they were, or a month, they were like, oh, you should start formula now so that some something based on experience so that I will not refuse food later on. I did that with my baby. I did that with his father. I did that with this and I'm like I had to explain to them like I'm a doctor like I preach exclusive breastfeeding for people but so that's I would like to do that but if it's not possible of course I'm for as long as the child is well nourished and she was like okay no problem I understand and at four months when he was not eating well and I started um, formula. Nobody said, oh, she goes up for the formula. Everybody just get, got on board. <laughs> so, yeah. Nothing, not, not like, not like you right. use them. Um, oh, okay. Maybe feel um, I'm going for a walk and the, um, I use baby carrier. And then somebody, one random person is like, ah, auntie, hey, I just don't remember that. I, yes, that has happened to me, I think, once or twice. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Or auntie, ah, uh-uh, socks at Ijabo. Or I think that I think that is also also how you see the perspective. Because I saw it like oh, yeah, from a from a place of concern, like they care about it. Like that's why they yeah. would say, oh, his neck is not well placed. Please adjust it. And also because of the tone of how they said the two people that that um, have approached me in public and said that to me, they they didn't they didn't seem rude. They just said it. It seemed that to me as if it was from a place of concern. So I didn't feel any sort of way about it. Right. How about Kenya? Any anyone with us? No. Okay. So next one is about like um the changes that pregnancy has on your own body and how you've been able to like handle those changes, how it affected you or in otherwise whatever the case may be. Like basically, how have you been able to just go through that season of the physical changes that pregnancy and motherhood brings to you? Let me start with I think pregnancy was really good to me as in because um I'm still I, I can still fit into my old clothes and stuff. She gets I didn't mm-hmm. have stretch marks or anything like that. Obviously I still have mom tom, but I'm sure a couple of uh, once COVID is finally over and I get back to the gym, I'll be able to get rid of that. But apart from that, I think it was fine. I know Lucky you mm-hmm. back here. Well, all right. <laughs> Um, so the changes in my body, um, of course, the weight, the um, the mommy pouch, the 
the what else? The stretch mark of very painful. The stretch mark. Um, I think that's that's basically all. But like my face, the good things, please. We have to say the good things that also came with the pregnancy. My face, like it was like my my skin changed. For me, pregnancy was quite good to me as well. Hmm. Physically, because I I didn't have to buy any maternity um, um, outfit when I was pregnant, and now that the baby you know is out, my tummy is almost back to normal. Of, of course, I still have you know my tummy is not my abs are not like firm yet, but mm-hmm. almost almost flat, almost like back to what it was before. Uh, the only thing is, like, I think my boobs are like times three yeah, that, of what and that that won't get back to yeah. normal. You stop breastfeeding. <laughs> so, uh, like, I, I keep telling my husband, like, hey, I hope that my pecky boobs are pecky boobs have not disappeared for life. You know, things like that. But it's just it's just me being vain. Me, anyways. Um, I'll say that I'm just going to leave my body to do what it does best. I'm not. There's no pressure to tone back immediately or anything i just you know had a baby anyways so i think that alone is cool in itself so there's no pressure to get that you know flat slim tummy i didn't really have i didn't have stretch marks too i, I was lucky to have stretch marks too i don't know if it was if it was the maybe coconut oil or something i don't think that helps i, I think it's just jeans so i didn't have that so for now Did i know you have stretch marks before no pregnancy. i didn't have stretch marks okay so for me i have um stretch marks in my my bum mm-hmm. but it, it didn't increase or anything i've always had that one ever since i was a teenager i think that's the only part of my body where i have like a bit of stretch marks but nothing increased nothing became darker or anything or wider you know so i was quite lucky with that because that would have been a major concern for me yeah, so for now, I'll just allow my body to do its thing then when I'm, because I don't know, okay, you had CS so I don't know, for me, I still feel like Yeah, you still feel pain. it for a while, and then some numbness uh-huh. at that, the area of your incision uh-huh. sites will still be Yeah, incision, will, yes, will yes, after yes, a while, so, uh-huh. yeah. After a while, so for now, I'm not doing any exercise, nothing yet, the only thing is I'm just eating my normal meal I don't eat much naturally, so I guess with that, I should be fine so there's no pressure to want to snap back or anything. I'll just allow my body to do what it does best. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for letting all my all my listeners be beefy all of you. The ones that have pouches and stretch marks, marks and everything. I'll be like, ah, so I'm really he walk out feel no, around. No. <laughs> <But anyway, laughs> I'm happy for you people. Jesus, I receive it. In the name Amen. of Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Anyways, I'm so 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 grateful for you guys for joining on um on this episode. I'm really really happy that you guys came and you guys shared and you guys were vulnerable. God bless you guys. Um, just for um you guys to say maybe one one thing you feel like maybe the society can do better as regarding like support for mothers and maybe something you know that can help or just a word of advice for a mother or a pregnant person or somebody who's had miscarriage, whatever has your led, just say something. Society okay. should dead this phrase. That's not possible. It doesn't work like that. Because how can my baby sleep and then I'll sleep? How do I get 
to do all the things God, I want to do. God don't, bless don't say you. that to me. He makes God me very you, angry when you say that to me, man. <laughs> as a mom, like, as a no, don't tell me that. Stop it. Dead it immediately. Okay? What is more? Yes, ma. Yeah, shalom. <laughs> shalom. <laughs> okay, how about Kevin? Okay, for me, I think um, it, it, I'll go back to that. You know, all the old the old wives' tales and all those things and all that. I I I feel that sometimes, especially at home in Nigeria, mothers get bullied into doing what they don't want to do, and um, not everybody is that is as um you know maybe stubborn. Should I put it that way? Right. Yes, yeah. and I feel that it's unfair. You know, they and I feel that um sometimes. Instead of trying to take away all the things that would make the mother and their child, the parents and their child bond, yeah. like things like um, bathing the baby, where they make it so ceremonious, African bathing, all that. Mm. Why don't we just encourage the mothers to do these things by themselves? Because anyways, you people will be gone. No matter what, you cannot spend more than three months in their house anyway. I can never tell you. I heard that people people do have, well. Sorry, sorry, yo, yo. I'm not being um, uh, no. Sure. Do you know that in in hindsight, eh, I'm 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 I'm. Ha- it's not like I, I would have wished for my mom or my mom in law to be here, but this really gave me huge wings. Like Moyirami, do you get? No, seriously. Like <laughs> as in Moyirami. Like, do you get? Yes, because you can do this. Like, things. you can I, do I, it. I actually, never thought I would be able to do it myself. But like, wow! Like, like there was one time my mom was saying, "I was like, mommy, there's a friend of mine. I'm not going to say her name, but you, I know you're going to listen to this, girl. I salute you for doing this alone without your husband being around, being by yourself after CS for almost how many, girl?" I know you're listening. I salute no, you. No, seriously. Like, as in Moyerami, like, seriously, because it's not beans, man, as in at all. <laughs> Being in a place where you don't have your support system around, it's just you and your husband. Your husband has to go to work. And Mosa or Kami Gossel, because he will go to work, do on calls, he will come back home. He will need, I'll get to sleep so he feeds the baby at night and he will wake up early in the morning and go to work again. So, more So, it's very important that your support system, you and your partner, you guys have a great support system that works and he's supporting you. Very, because yeah. I wouldn't have been able right. to do it without him. That's the truth. Seriously. So, yeah. Kudos. Yeah, that so, means we should, give, we should give kudos to single mothers, man. Now, them yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. So back to back to what I was saying in in right. a in a short sentence. Don't bully mothers in the name of. I know it's coming from a place of love. You feel that this is how they should do it. This is how they should do that. But sometimes it's just okay to let people do what they want. How they if you tell her, oh okay, oh, I want to scrub your baby with a sponge, and and she tells you no, I want to use a washcloth. Use the washcloth and let it be. Don't um don't try to enforce what you think is right do you get what i i, I don't yeah. know yeah, yes because i find that especially mm-hmm. in nigeria people do that a lot and now tell me because the conditioning mothers. the conditioning is deep now in nigeria there's nothing about child having rights you don't get so when mm. they see you you're still their child that they can give uh, instruction to mm. Do you understand? Mm. So it's deep, it's deep <laughs> stuff. This thing that you're talking about is not only in motherhood. It's about different things. It's just finding out things. this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So this thing, okay, your parents, they're telling you, 
for me, I know Shada, that this one is deep work. It's not something that <laughs> that's why it's good to have a good <laughs> last night. That's what I have to say. And last last whether I was in Lagos or I was in Kafansha, <laughs> I know that is what I want to do. That's what I will do. Nobody can tell. Everybody see that you are with me. You're good. So me, my own final word. I know I'm not a mother, but let me tell you, learn to be assertive, people. Learn <laughs> to have a giddy. That's my final word to everybody. They lie. You no, but a giddy is good. It's just that like you know how to, you have to know when to have a giddy and when not to. When to realize and, and accept be, that. Be oh, wise, yeah. be humble. Please, be wise, be humble, be down to earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do it in a nice way, but do what you want. I love God. Okay, so at this point, we sign out. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, guys. You. Thank you guys so much for 